Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I will also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of the show. Let's talk about genetic sexual attraction. I was doing some research quite recently and I stumbled upon an interview on the Dr. Phil show. Now this interview is with a lady called Misty. Now you may or may not have seen or heard of this particular episode, but for those of you who do not know about Misty, she was a 32 year old mother who around 16 years ago gave birth to a son. Now I say this, but it's a historic case, but around 16 years ago, she gave birth to a son and that son, when he was one years of age, she either gave him up for adoption, foster care, etc. I don't know the specifics of that. But she was pregnant, gave birth at 16. By one years of age or before one, her and her son separate. When her son, 15 years later, bumps into her husband, her husband makes a statement and he says to her that when I went to the fair... I saw it. You know that boy? I saw it. And I found it interesting because when he mentions he saw it, he says to her in the words according to Misty, when I was at the fun fair, I, I like saw that kid. It was there. And I don't know if Misty is repeating verbatim what her current husband said, but I, I when I heard that on the interview, which I watched, I've only seen a few clips, three minutes each. But when I saw that clip, I, I watched and I listened and I watched again. And I was perplexed as to why her current husband would say that her kid was at the fair and describe her kid as an it. Now, Misty hears from her husband that he sees it in reference to her kid. And she asks her current husband, I believe her first husband, what should I do? And Misty goes off and searches for her son, who was 16 at the time. She searches for her son and finds him on Facebook, and they begin communicating. Now, Misty, by her own admission, and I screenshot this so that I could read exactly what she has to say. She says that when she started communicating with her 16-year-old son, she said, and I quote, I felt like I could not connect with him as his mother but felt like I was connecting with him in another way. I felt like someone finally wanted me. 
Talking to him eventually became an addiction. I told him that we should not talk anymore because this isn't healthy and I felt like I was developing feelings. He said he didn't care and felt the same. He wanted to keep talking to me, so we kept talking. Now, it's interesting because Misty at 32, this is a historic case, by the way, so she is not 32, and I'll explain that later, but Misty, when she was 32, she reconciles with her son, who she's been separated from for 15 years. Now, she is the biological mother of the boy. She is an adult in this situation. She's not a teenage mom anymore. She's now an adult. And she says to her son, This isn't healthy. I feel like I'm developing feelings. So she communicates this to him. She says we shouldn't talk anymore. But he says he doesn't care and he feels the same. Now for me, it's concerning that a child of 16, a boy child, is told by his mother she doesn't want to continue talking with him because their interaction is not healthy and she's developing feelings. Now, I don't even know what to say about this. I know that we live in a world that is depraved, but I'm confused. I am really confused. How on earth can a biological mother say to her son, I'm developing feelings, and then her son says to her, I'm also developing feelings too. And even though she expressed this to her son, when her son said, I'm developing feelings too, by Misty's own admission, she continued talking to him. From where I stand, Misty was grooming her biological son. And when her son was open and honest and said, I'm developing feelings too, for me, that was Misty's green light. That was the green light for her because she is a grown adult who is married, who has other children. In other words, she has engaged in sexual activity more than the occasion when she got pregnant. However, with Misty, she communicates her feelings towards another person. And that other person is her biological son. When she tells him that, what was her motivation behind telling him? Now, as a born-again Christian, I believe it's important in being honest and transparent. Confession is a good thing, but you've got to consider who you confess to, where you confess to, why you confess to, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? So I'll, I'll make a confession. I confess to somebody that I have a crush on them. Now, when I confess to them, I don't even know, truth be told, I don't even know my motivation behind confessing because this person, they're not married, they're not engaged, but they're in a relationship. So when I confessed, what was my purpose? What was my motivation? I don't have an answer to that, but what I will tell you is this person that I confessed to, by my own admission to them, I told them point blank, I will never marry you. I know that without a doubt. It's not that I know the future, but I can guarantee one million percent, I will never marry this person. So when I confided in them that I have a crush on you, what was my motivation? Honestly, I don't know. Because think about it. Number one, they're in a relationship. Number two, I will never marry them. So what was the purpose of telling them? Now, I think that it's possible my motivation was just to get it off my chest, just so it can be out in the open, confession time, I have a crush on you, pray for me, I have a crush on you, I shouldn't, you're unavailable, 
and then I'm never going to marry you, so pray for me to not have a crush anymore, right? Like legitimately, despite going to school, college, university, being educated, having a degree, having a U.S. license as an attorney, I genuinely don't know my motivation for telling them. And as I said to you, hear this carefully, I know one million percent I will never marry them. So when I told them what was the purpose, I don't know. Now let's look at Misty. When she communicated this to her biological son, we shouldn't talk anymore. I'm developing feelings for you. It's not healthy. When she communicated that, what was her intention? What was her purpose? I believe spirit of transparency and honesty is important. It's vital. But we have to consider when we are honest and transparent, can the person we're communicating to really accept the honesty? Really accept all that we have to say. Honesty is a beautiful thing, but there are times when we need to hold back on the information. If, for example, you are attracted to a person and they're married, what is your motivation of telling them? Is it for the purpose of them engaging in a relationship with you? A romantic, either emotionally, physically, sexually, what is the purpose of telling a person who is married? And I say that because I've noticed there's been a bit of a trend in my life where I feel like there are men who are trying to groom me. Now, they will fail and they will not succeed in their attempts, but I feel that because I've noticed that there's been a pattern with various different men who I've met in a casual setting, in a completely professional environment, professional setting, in a way in which our interactions are professional and platonic in nature. However, one of the common threads between all of these men, they are all either married or in a committed relationship, not of a few weeks, but of a number of years. However, they feel the need to communicate to me about the nature of their relationship in fact that they are engaging or have engaged in extra relationships. Now, some of these men are not married, but they're in a committed relationship. And so I'm not going to say the word extramarital affair, but extra relationships. In other words, these men are in committed relationships, but have engaged or are engaging in extra relationships. That means that they have slept with another woman or other women. Now, when they tell me that, for what purpose? What is their motivation? Someone said to me, maybe so that you can counsel them. And I categorically said, no, I disagree with you. Why? Because that is not my expertise and my skills. I focus on human trafficking and child abuse prevention. A man sleeping with another woman, whether that's outside of marriage or outside of his committed relationship, that is not my field of expertise. As a practicing Christian, that is not where my head is at. In fact, I shared with somebody who alleges to be a Christian. I say alleges because the Bible says by their fruit you will know them. And I said to them, I broke up with somebody because they wanted sex. Now, I'm a born again Christian and I believe the Bible, the King James Version, not the Queen James Version. And according to the Bible that I read, Adam and Eve were married. There are people who may disagree with that. The Bible makes it very clear they were indeed married. And so when I said to this supposed Christian, not judging, it's an observation, supposed alleged Christian that I broke up with a person, they wanted sex. Their response to me was, hear this carefully. They said, well, they obviously weren't satisfied with the sex life. They weren't getting enough sex. I was confused and I had to let them know that they were categorically wrong. 
as a Christian, as a born again, the Bible is very clear about fornication, about how when you have sex outside of marriage and you have the Holy Spirit within you, you're uniting Christ with a harlot. In other words, a harlot is a prostitute, a concubine. At the end of the day, when the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you, you need to appreciate and understand your body is a temple. And therefore, you need to treasure and value it by the things you put in it, by the things you expose it to, in other words, what you see and listen to, and by your interactions. Now, according to the Bible, sin is sin. We as humans put sin on a scale, but sin is sin. However, when it comes to sexual immorality, which is sex outside of the confines of marriage, that is the only sin that involves your physical body. Every other sin is outside of your body. Stealing, lying. Yes, you may use your mouth to steal, but it is a word. It doesn't involve your physical body. Think about it. With other sins, those sins could be committed by your text. You could lie via text, for example. You could steal via online technology using the internet, electronic banking. Those sins can be committed long distance. But when it comes to the sin of sexual immorality, you cannot commit that sin long distance. It requires two individuals at a minimum, at a minimum, male and female, 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 female and animal. Because the Bible talks about bestiality as well. For me, it is very, very, very concerning when we as believers interact with one another and in our conversation, we make statements that gives cause for question as to another person's Christianity. I want people to know very clearly that for me as a believer, yes, an imperfect Christian, I am not a hypocrite. I'm imperfect. I have flaws, many of them. People put me on a pedestal. I have flaws. However, I will make it categorically clear that when it comes to me, according to the Bible that I read, sex is designed for after marriage. Even the scripture that is written there, it says the marriage bed is not defiled. It doesn't say the engagement bed is not defiled. It doesn't say the courtship bed. The Bible is clear. Sex is for the confines of marriage. And Leviticus covers bestility, incest. It covers it very, very clearly and adequately. And so when we have somebody like Misty, who communicates to her son, you've got to question what was the purpose and the motivation behind her communication. Think about it. When we want to open the door, let's say with me, with Juanita, we want to open the door. We will tell Juanita how we've had extramarital affairs, how we've got multiple girlfriends. What is the purpose of communicating that to me? It's because you want to open the door so that I know what you engage in. And so therefore, as a single Christian, if I choose to engage, I know the door is open. You've got to question in all things, what is the motivation behind it? Misty could have said to her son, I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk anymore. I love you as a mother, but this cannot continue. That could be the end of the interaction. But when she says I'm developing feelings, what is the purpose? I feel that she manipulated her son because when she communicated, I'm developing feelings, etc. She's basically saying to her son, this is how I feel right? Instead of saying, let's end this now. She's saying, this is how I feel. And I feel that she did that to open the door. Because when she said that, what did her son say? I feel the same way too. Think about relationships. How do relationships typically begin often with communication? With technology now, we can communicate via text, WhatsApp, email. Often it begins with communication. It may be direct or indirect. A man meets a woman, a woman meets a man. And the guy might say, I think you're very attractive or even some people go one step further on the first day. I'm going to marry you. The point is it often starts with communication. It might be a hypothetical. It might be a story. It might be. I like you. 
I'd like to ask you out on a date, get to know you better. I have feelings for you. Do you feel the same? The point I'm trying to make is often when we are bold enough, we will communicate to an individual our feelings. We'll be just open and bare and transparent and say, you're very attractive or whatever, or I can see you being my future wife. We communicate, we, we lay ourselves bare. And when we communicate, we're doing that with the hope and intention that that person will reciprocate our feelings. And so I believe that Misty groomed her son and manipulated him because if Misty did not have the intention to engage sexually with her son, she would not have said to him, I'm developing feelings. When her son told her, I don't care, why did she continue to engage? Misty should have said to her son, this is, this is over, this is done. I have feelings towards you. You have feelings towards me. I am your biological mother. This cannot go any further. I'm blocking you. But instead, what did she say? I continue to talk to him. In other words, Misty wanted this, re this relationship to move on to the next level. Having read a number of articles, it seems that she has, this is allegations. I don't know if it's true or not, but from what I have read, it seems as though Misty has seen that her son, her son has feelings towards her and seeing that her son has feelings towards her, what does she decide? She decides, I want to take this a step further. I want this relationship to go a step further. So I'm going to continue to groom him because that is what she was doing. Think about it. Their communication was never in person. The communication was virtual through Facebook was how it started. Then calls, texts, WhatsApps, etc. The point is the communication was virtual. They fell in love with each other. If I can use the term love or lust, they fell into lust with each other virtually. However, Misty wanted to take this one step further. So instead of nipping in the bud, she decides to engage more with her son, more with her son. And what I have read from articles, I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that she sent him nude photographs. She was sending sexual messages to him. And these sexual messages were eventually read by family. Having watched another article, she actually expresses that she was addicted to her son, that she was addicted to communicating with him. And she is convinced that she has genetic sexual attraction. She says it's a real thing. I think that's nonsense. I think it's fake. Even if it legitimately was real, I'm not going to take that as being real in her case, because I'm going to say that she manipulated and groomed him. Yes, she's never seen him before. There's been 15 years between when she gave birth and had a relationship with him. There's a 15 year window. I don't believe it's any genetic anything. I think it's simply as this. She's a 32 year old woman who sees a 16 year old who is attractive physically. That's all it is. I don't think she sat down and said, wait a minute. He has my nose. He has my lips. I'm attracted. I don't think so. If she did, then we could maybe maybe call it genetic sexual attraction, but I'm not convinced. I think it is. She saw an individual 16 years of age who was physically attractive. Now let's be real. In the United States, we have individuals who are in high school who look like they're older than me. They are so mature. We have boys who have full grown beards. They are so developed, very masculine. The point is they're 12, but they look about 18. So let's assume that her son was not looking his age. Let's assume he didn't even look like her. He's just a good looking boy. Think about it. There are grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles who look at their children, their nieces, nephews, whatever, and say, he's a good looking boy. She's a pretty girl. They see that. They appreciate it. They know their daughter is beautiful. They know their son is handsome, but they don't have that genetic sexual attraction and start to engage in a 
boyfriend girlfriend relationship because that is what misty says she actually says that me and my son when we met we decided to have a boyfriend girlfriend relationship now that is not normal i'm sorry but i don't get that i don't understand that this is the son you gave birth to you eventually meet him and you engage i can't even say it she was 32 he was 16 there's a whole cougar thing and sugar daddy and now we have the whole sugar mummy but really girlfriend boyfriend relationship come on that is ridiculous you are 32 he is a child if he was 18 then maybe you could call it girlfriend boyfriend he is a child and he's your biological child somebody posted something up on one of the comments on one of the pages where the video was and and i'm going to repeat their comment this is what the comment said he came out of her and then he entered her. That is sick, but that's the reality. Yeah, I'm saying it because as sick as that sounds, he came out of her and then he entered her. As sick as that sounds, that is the reality. When you really look at it like that, I'll say it again. He came out of her and then he entered her. When you look at it as, as that, as that, then you realize there's not no boyfriend, girlfriend. This is sick, right? In the Bible, we believe in Adam and Eve. Okay, and in the Bible, Eve was taken from the rib of Adam. That is the only time in the history of the world that a woman came out of man. That is the only time. Yes, we may hear about pregnant man, but there's no such thing as a pregnant man. In the Garden of Eden, we had Adam and Eve, and a woman came from the rib of man. That's the only time that a woman could come out of man. Since then, going forwards, boy comes out of woman boy child whatever man comes out of woman as a boy can you imagine 16 years ago this woman gives birth to her son and then 16 years later she's in a boyfriend girlfriend relationship with him that is abnormal it is not no genetic anything that is sick and depraved she went to jail for about five years that was not long enough five years was not long enough and then she goes on the dr phil show for what reason so that what? So that he can give her help? If she really wanted help, what is she doing going on television? Is it because she wants to eventually have her own movie, write a book about it? Because I thought she's trying to market on her story. And it is not a story. It is a sick action of grooming and pedophilia and incest. This is not no boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. And she said when she had sex with her son, it felt normal and natural. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. How on earth can a biological mother say it felt normal and natural? She's not right in the head. I'm sorry, but engaging in sexual activity with your son of 16 is not normal and natural. That is abnormal. That is sick. You gave birth to him. It's not adopted son or stepson. Not that I agree with that, but this is your biological son. For nine months, you incubated this child. And then because he grows up and is handsome and you've not seen him for 15 years, you develop a sexual feeling to a minor. That is not normal. And then you go on the Dr. Phil show to tell your story because you want help. And then you sit there and you cry, but no tears come out of your eyes. And it's just a whole lot of acting. It's a charade. Because really, what is going on behind the scenes, behind the story, is that we're in a day and age where society is sexualizing children, where society wants to normalize pedophilic behavior. When you have movies on Netflix like Cuties, where you have girls who are gyrating, gesticulating twerking and this movie is sexualizing kids and then we have women like misty coming on tv after you've left prison 
I don't think that she has redeemed herself whatsoever. You come on TV. Why? For publicity, to sell your story. Her story is all over the internet. You can Google her. We're not just talking about in the US, in the UK. You can Google her article after article after article. And understand that this case, Misty was in prison for five years. And that was years and years ago. I don't recall when exactly this first came out. I think it was around 2012 when she was arrested. And then thereafter, she went on the Dr. Phil. So 2012. And she talks about how there was an eight-year gap when she was separated from her kids. How was she caught? The family members of her 16-year-old son, they came to the motel room where she met him. Because hear this, Misty discovers she has feelings for her son. They talk online for three months. And then Misty decides, I want to meet him in real life. So where does she decide to meet him? In a hotel, right? I don't understand that. Like, I'm sorry. You've discovered you've got feelings for your son. You say it's not appropriate for us to continue this. You say we should stop talking. Your son says, I have feelings too. Let's start talking. So you go ahead. You listen to your son. Continue talking. You're not the adult in the situation. Continue talking. You eventually meet three months later. And imagine after meeting him three months later, what do you do? You meet him in a hotel room. And when you meet him in this hotel room, you engage in sexual activity. You don't meet him in the hotel room just to talk and watch movies. No, you have the intention to engage in sexual activity. According to this article, you were sending him nude photographs. You were engaging in sexual contact with him via text, right? What sort of mother are you? In other words... You had this whole thing set up. You did not go to that hotel or motel to talk and watch movies. You went there with the intention to engage in sexual activity, to perform sex acts on your son and to take his virginity. That is sick and depraved. And that is not just a misty issue. This is an issue that goes on all around the world. It is not no genetic attraction. It is not no genetic anything that is grooming. It is pedophilic. And it is a criminal act. It is a criminal act that has been committed. And it's not just Misty who's done that. There will be more Misties and there have been Misties before her. But that is sick and depraved. And the world is full of boys like this 16-year-old who have been taken advantage of by their mother, by their grandmother, by their uncle, by their father. This is an issue. And us sitting there and applauding this woman at the end for coming out and speaking. Would we do that for a father, for a stepfather? No, he would not. He would still be in jail. Five years is just a smack on the wrist and that is not enough. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse... It enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another. And this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. 
There are victims and survivors in your world, you just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode.